If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Road Tripping, Unveiling the Joys and Perks of a Great Way to Travel, we explore the intersection between this unique way to see the country and the benefits it provides us all. And with a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, and our sunglasses on at night, Alex, please take us up. Is that a Blues Brothers quote? (laughs) May well be, my friend. May well be. So by way of definition, a road trip is a long trip taken by car, often for pleasure or business. It's often a spontaneous and adventurous experience that involves exploration, flexibility, and discovery. Some say that a road trip involves crossing the country or a large portion of it, and that a trip between two cities a few hours apart is not necessarily considered a road trip. So driving from New York to Boston, for example, is not considered technically a road trip. But many people don't know this, but the the term road trip is an American term. And some would argue originated in North America and a part of the American car culture and the great open road, which symbolized romance and freedom, which has deep roots in American culture. And obviously grew uh, much the same way the automotive industry in the early 20th century. So some people ask, you know, what is the difference between uh, road tripping and a vacation? Well, a road trip and a vacation are two different types of travel experiences that have two different characteristics. So a road trip is typically a journey by car where the focus is on the journey itself and the destinations are secondary. Conversely, a vacation, on the other hand, is a leisure trip taken for the purpose of relaxation and recreation and the focus is on the destination and the activities and experiences uh, one has while there. So it's not really about the journey. So it's a very different uh, approach. Uh, and I would love the concept of road tripping. And I think it's something that we can, we can elaborate on and talk more about. Well, you know, it's funny. They say happiness is not a destination, but a road to travel on. In some ways, it's very much what you were just mentioning about how it's the, it's the journey of life that's exciting, not what you get or where you end up or how much money you make or all that stuff. So I think in that very, in that way, it's very romantic. And when I think of road trips, I think of how they're depicted in the movies, right? right. It's always right. a fantastic thing. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I mean, even going back to the days of Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, their road pictures. But when I think 
think of, of Animal House or Vacation or Rain Man or Little Miss Sunshine or Green Book. I mean, when you or sideways and look at what that did for the Santa Barbara wine country. And, and they're always depicted. It's either a crazy adventure or it's the good guy es escaping from the cops. It's always exciting. The places they go, the restaurants they go into, the people they meet. So it looks very romantic, that whole idea of traveling by car. Well, you know, it's funny because National Lampoon's vacation, right, was a perfect example of that. They, they, it, wasn't, it was a vacation, but not really. They were going somewhere, but it, the movie was entirely Wally about. World, Wally World. <laughs> right. Well, actually, that's right. That's right. That's where they end up going. But the movie was about the, the journey there, right, and all the things that happened to them while they were on the road and off it, right? So it's, it's kind of interesting when you think about uh, an adventure, and the definition of an adventure is something to do with travel. And of course, this episode's about road trips, so it's about roads, but there's an adventure to be had once you step out of your house, turn on those keys to the car, and then drive west, for example. One of the greatest experiences of my life was a road trip I took with my best friend one of my summers in college in Montreal, we drove all the way west, worked out west, traveled through California, up through Nevada, the car broke down, we had unbelievable adventures, took amazing pictures, and the bonding and the times we spent together have lasted our whole lives. As a matter of fact, he and his wife just recently took a road trip down from Canada to see me here in Florida, and they really enjoyed their time traveling as much as they enjoyed spending it with me. It's almost like, you know, when you go visit somebody, sometimes you stay with them instead of staying at a hotel. It's a little more uncomfortable. You don't have your space, but you benefit from those little moments in between big plans where you're not really doing much. You're just sitting and sharing a drink or, or bullshitting or watching something on TV. And, and you can bond in those moments. You can talk about very deep conversations, uh, share experiences. I think that's the same way when you're traveling at that slower pace, as you're going through different parts of the country, going to different restaurants, seeing different things, you're in the car talking. It's almost like by stretching the time, you're, you're like you said, reducing the, uh, the experience part of being something you went to and more the travel that you shared together. Exactly. And, and I think just looking at the automotive industry and just the way the cars were designed, the cars back in the day, and I'm, and I'm old enough to remember what an old Duster or Monte Carlo was like. <laughs> yeah, these, are, these, are, these were cars that were built and designed for long distances. I mean, like the front seat and the back seat were like sofas. <laughs> and they didn't even have, they didn't even have seat belts. I mean, they were just, you kind of laid back, lounged out, and just rode for hours in the middle of nowhere and did your thing. Where now cars are more designed for shorter, compact trips, it feels like. They're just uncomfortable for long distances and feel really grid and tight, but they're not lounge, lay back, and enjoy the ride kind of vehicles. And so uh, the, the road tripping, open roading, of yesterday may not necessarily be uh, around a lot today, but it's still it's still a important part of our culture. I saw Lincoln Continental on the street the other day. It looked <laughs> well, massive. The suicide, the suicide it, doors. It, it, yeah, it looked it looked like a living room on wheels. It reminded me when we were kids. My mom had a Mercury Meteor uh, station wagon, and you throw the kids in the back. Forget about seatbelts. We'd be sliding back and forth because the bottom was metal. We, she'd make a quarter. The three kids would get slammed into one side of the car, laughing our heads off. We love those trips. Looking out the window in awe 
looking at leaves changing in the fall when you live in Canada. You know, it just as a kid in the backseat of a car, let's face it, that was your whole world. When I was young, that's how you saw the world. Yeah, you know, it's funny um, when you say the world, when we talk about uh, road trips, obviously we're talking a little bit more about America than the rest of the world, but there, there is a big difference between road tripping in the U.S. versus in Europe. And I think TripAdvisor uh, indicated that the difference is the, the, the distance and the time variation where North American people are not concerned about um, driving several hundred miles in a day because you know, things are just generally spread out. We're kind of used to it. You know, some of the some of the reasons why road trips are more popular um, in the U.S. than in Europe uh, could be for a couple of different reasons. Like one, um, cheap gas. Uh, the, the average gallon of gas is a lot cheaper in the U.S. than it is over over overseas. Um, driving is usually cheaper than flying, uh, which is not the case. I'm not sure if you've been on a few of those uh, those air jumpers. Thirty eight dollar ride in air flights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Buses exactly. with plane, with wings. Exactly. Well, you can't. You know, apparently, you can't. You can't get a cheap a cheap flight without um, a door opening at midair in the U.S. So uh, there's that. Is that bad? I, I didn't know. That. Sorry. <laughs> the uh, the U.S. Uh, you know, so it has we have the luxury of having this vast um, interstate network. I think you know one of the one of the great innovations uh, in uh, you know with it, with the automobile industry was the creation of of freeways. And, and interstates. And that really connected this, the country in a very interesting, unique way that allowed people to drive for long distances in sh- you know, pretty much straight lines uh, across the country and all of that. Um, but also the, the, uh, the big one is we're more car than train, right? And think it, you know, other parts of the, of the world, Europe in particular, rely heavily on trains. And I'm not sure when was the last time you've been on an Amtrak, but <laughs> we have a slight problem with the trains in this country. They, they keep just crashing. Just, just a little, a little One little detail. Little <laughs> if so it makes I, it to the destination, it's a great way to travel. <laughs> so you know, we don't, we don't we don't get the uh, we get cars right. We don't get the uh, the train thing right. But you know, also um, homogeneity. So it, it's there are. There are more people that are more that are different in America, farther in farther distances. So people in California are very different than people in in Massachusetts, for example. But it's hard to, to really see the difference between someone from New Jersey and Connecticut. Um, don't 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 say that to someone. From New well, Jersey. you know, I, I think I think I wonder if the of the the EU is going to change that a little bit because in the past I get that because as soon as you drive a small distance in Europe, you're in another country. In those right. days, that meant you had to go through customs. It's, it's different currencies. It's a different language. Whereas right. in the United States, you can go from long distances. You're in the same country. It's the same quote-unquote culture in terms of laws and regulations it's the same currency so maybe maybe the in europe because i I always thought the distance are so short it's almost like you really can see a lot of really cool things in a short drive in europe you know if you want to go to uh if you want to go from new york to colorado and go from the flats of florida to the mountains of of the rockies yeah you have to go through a long stretch of nothing in some places, right. right? Where in Europe, you're in all different countries with different cultures. So you would think that they would do it more. I'm surprised they don't. Well, you know what? I think 
I would say Especially with a common currency now. Maybe it's the well, language issue. Well, well, there could be that. I think, you know, just traveling across across country lines may not necessarily be as desirable um, uh, just because, uh, you know, like why why go to another country, um, you know, even though you could. Uh, but, you know, like it's it, for us, one of the one of the issues that people have uh, with Americans not traveling internationally is because we just have so much to see in America, in our own country, let alone it just the amount of time it takes to go from one part of the country to the other uh, kind of eats up our 14 day vacation <laughs> yeah, pretty quickly. So, so I think, I think for the most part, we're, we're kind of landlocked and thus, you know, driving from place to place, not necessarily perhaps seeing and experiencing different languages, but we're seeing a lot of good stuff. I mean, we have deserts in America. We've got, um, you've got snow and we've got mountains. We've got um, for the most part, tropical environments down in Southern Florida. Um, you don't have that much of uh, diversity uh, in Europe, right? And so, so there's a lot of that too that potentially could be the, could be a factor. We're definitely blessed with the changed landscape, different cultures from the Creole in the South to the to the uh, hip hop artist in the Northeast. I mean, it, it really is a melting pot, and you really get a chance to see it if you take your time going from place to place and enjoying the journey going from place to place. I think we should also talk about some of the positive benefits of that type of travel for for us and for our country. From an economic point of view, it's tremendous because instead of flying over all these places, you're actually participating in their economy as you're going through, whether right. you're paying a wildlife fee for the national park, which allows the park to flourish and uses that money and preserves the wildlife uh, and our forests, or, or, or you're, you're going and having restaurants, uh, fun places along the way, hotels, motels. I mean, there's a lot to be said for people taking their time as they travel and benefiting along the way these different parts of the economy. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the, the, the inverse is, is also true, where uh, those cities that relied on road trip and, and travel um, where the, in some cases it doesn't exist anymore, I actually died, right? So, so yeah, you like Route 66. Route 66, exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the evolution uh, of, of road tripping and how um, the, but the popularity and the way that we road trip has evolved, right? I mean, now I think, you know, we we're, we're all have our GPS coordinates, which for the most part, by default, are set to the shortest distance from point A to point B. I mean, everyone wants to say, yeah, I want to get there fast. So I want to get there quick. So I want the shortest possible way to get to where I'm going. And uh, in some cases, you know, road tripping was not about the shortest distance. It was about the longest one, right? And so there's a lot of, lot of routes, if you will, that are no longer being used because they were the longer way to get to get to places. The interstate highway helped a lot of towns and killed a lot of towns, right? Uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. There's, and there's something else I want to talk about, which is the mental aspect of that type of travel. And you hit it on at the beginning very well to be, with your comments about how it, it's the de it's the it's the traveling as opposed to the destination difference between a road trip and a vacation. Uh, the the bonding, the mental bonding that goes on. We're all trying to connect, I think, in life. Everything you see on the internet, everything you see in social media is all about trying to make a better connection. And when you have time, when you're with somebody in an adventure, when you're younger, as, as a guy, for example, a lot of guys make three or four or five really good friends when they're young that they do battle with. They're on the same sports team or they went through college together 
together and they fought their way through. They had an adventure. They traveled together. Those are their five or six best friends the rest of your life. But to keep that friendship alive, as a good friend once told me, you have to keep creating new memories, new experiences. You can't just keep relying on the old ones from 30 years ago because eventually that dies out, right? And right. when you're traveling and instead of sitting on your phone on the plane the Literally whole time or sleeping, out. what's that? Literally dies out. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we're all getting there. But, um, but as opposed to just shooting to a destination as fast as you can, taking the time to sharing conversations, sharing the experience of looking at something together, of, of enjoying a new uh, vision together, of meeting new people together, uh, of going over those experiences while you're in a car driving, that's bonding. That's something you carry on mentally. That's, that's refreshing. That's helpful to your friendship. That's helpful to your mental well-being. I think that goes a long way to the experience. Well, it's... Clearly, you and I are from a different generation because I totally agree with you. Uh, and I think it's something that's been lost and needs to be brought back. I'm not sure if you've recently seen uh, upon the launch of the, of the Apple Vision. I think there was a, a big meme about these guys that are um, uh, riding in a Cybertruck, Tesla Cybertruck, with the Apple Vision on their head. <laughs> so they're not only on autopilot driving the Cybertruck, but they're also in augmented reality watching films and talking to friends. So they're not even actually, I mean- No, no, on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm not sure if that's gonna be a trend that we're gonna see more of in the future because Apple Vision uh, Pro just came out and the Cybertruck is just now launched. So there's a there's a, a use case that we may not ever see, hopefully, hopefully. But um, I think that people, for the most part, would prefer to drive, to, to literally drive, like with a with a like hands on a wheel, foot on the pedal, drive less uh, than more. Well, it's interesting. We'll have to, we'll talk about that in a second when we get into uh, the future and technology, but I think you bring up a big point about autonomous driving. But I also wanted to finish up on another point about this way of traveling, which is the physical aspect, which is a lot of people have trouble traveling long distances or sitting for long distances or have issues with their back or they have issues of claustrophobia on airplanes, for example. A lot of people can't fly and, and driving gives them the opportunity to stop, to exercise, to control the amount of time they're in the vehicle versus out of the vehicle. It gives you a little more uh, control over your body and what you need to do to make sure your body can put up with whatever trauma that comes with old age or illness or accidents, etc. So there's another benefit to that as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you can totally, um, if something happens, you know, when you're in your, in your journey, you can always pull over and find the nearest hospital in some cases um you know there's obviously the journey between um uh new york and miami being three hours is what um 16 hours when you're driving so it, it's a little bit different so the you know there's trade there's definitely trade-offs <laughs> there's a trade-off I mean, but, I, I think, but you, you know, you bring up a funny point, fine hospital. It's like people say, you know, air travel is so much safer than car travel. So many more people die in car accidents and airplane accidents. That may be so, but if I'm driving along on the highway and I lose my engine, I might survive. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely, definitely. However, you know, yes, but I think that there's a uh, the flip side of that. I'm always, I'm always looking at the negative in this case. So I, I apologize to our listeners, but. You know, not all um, 
you know, driving cross country is, is, is joyful, right? I mean, I know that we've seen some really good movies uh, that, that depict driving cross country or road trips as fun, great experiences, but there's also a few horror films, right? <laughs> that, <laughs> that, in, that involve driving late night in the middle of nowhere um, and, you know, running out of gas, uh, you know, or looking for directions and pulling up to the wrong house um, uh, at the wrong time. And or dri- or well. driving with people who have different shower schedules than you might have, for example. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, we've all gotten on other people's nerves at some point or another. You, you don't want to do that over a 19-hour car ride. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. You can do that once. Yeah. Once. <laughs> once, right. <laughs> So yeah, well, let's it, uh, it, let, let's talk about the future. Let's look let's look let's look at what's changing in our lives and how that might affect road trips going forward. I think the first thing that comes to mind, which has been a home run, is navigation. I'm I'm old enough to remember when we were pulling maps out of the side pockets of your car and trying to figure out where you were and wh- how to get to the highway. Now we have computers that just dictate to me when to make a right and a left. That makes it a lot a easier to go from a to b but it's certainly it makes it safer and uh gives you less chance of getting into trouble yeah i would kill for a paper map in my car right i think those of you who have ever been through an at&t or t-mobile blackout during the day i mean (laughs) there was one recently in florida yeah, there was a blackout for six you're, hours. You're lost. You're completely lost. Yeah. You, you, you know, I can't. Th- I don't have one phone number in my head. I don't know my own phone number. <laughs> Everyone, I saw people were pulled over on the side, like of the, of the road, just waiting for it to come back on because they had no idea which which direction to go. <laughs> I, don't <know> where, <laughs> I don't know how to get home. <laughs> so you know, so I think that there's like a need to bring some of that old analog technology, um, you know, back, like like old paper maps. I think we could use it. But yeah, you're right. It's like we rely on, a lot on maps, but the maps yeah, obviously do us a good service. They get us to where we, know, we need to go faster, but it also doesn't do us a good service because it directs us in places that may be most efficient, but may not necessarily be the most enjoyable or the most pleasant and all that. I know that, remember there used to be, um, I mean, many years ago when Waze you know, first came out uh, in Los Angeles because of the whole traffic on the 405 freeway, people were using Waze to, to, to sort, of, sort of hack the four or five and, and, and they go off, off in different communities. And so the, the community associations of these small little towns, little sleepy towns. 32 cars <laughs> spinning by every 15 minutes now. <laughs> we're like, we're, we're like, what's going on? Like they were getting upset about it because, you know, all of a sudden now there's traffic and down the street where, where the kids are normally would play ball and, and, and stick ball or whatever it is in the, in, in the middle of the road. So, so there's a, there's a, there's a, a benefit and it, it perhaps a, a, a peril in, in some cases when you deal with, uh, uh, with you know optimizing navigation for the purposes of getting of optimizing your, your journey and not really thinking about the value of, of the journey itself right right and then technology in the whole car is incredible i uh some listeners may know that i recently finally swapped out a 24 year old car for a brand new car so i've made mm-hmm. the leap technology that some people would make from today to an f-18 right. fighter jet you know it's like back, welcome, to, welcome cameras, to the 21st what cameras 
<laughs> exactly. Welcome to the 21st century. So uh, I think it's it's also it's also a lot more comfortable to travel now. Not only from having all the charging, having you know videos for the kids in the back, uh, having seats that are more comfortable, having bigger trucks, uh, more there's safer, more metal around you, uh, cup holders. I mean, your music videos. It's certainly a lot easier now to move from place to place in comfort if you want to travel that way. Yeah, well, you know, the uh, speaking of which, you know, the evolution of the vehicle has also changed, right? So you remember yeah, there was a there was a there was a car, then there was a, a minivan, but not really a minivan. Actually, it was a it was a, a van <laughs> before before the minivan it was a van, literally. And then there was a whole the Winnebago's and and various different ways of being able to travel with like your kitchen. <laughs> And bedroom on wheels, right? It was kind of like, like well, I, when you look at all back, these motorhomes, like, yeah, motorhomes, right, right, and motorhomes, and now you know, motorhome communities no longer have wheels, right? I mean, you know, like you know, just mobile homes that don't are not really mobile anymore. So there's a lot of really interesting kind of evolution of where mobility um, has um, has has evolved to, and what you bring with you and what you need. But I want to I want to highlight the fact that Volkswagen just announced their minivan that they just relaunched. And it's this it's this the Volkswagen uh, bus, the old bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's almost like they're bringing it back. So I love I love this idea of what's old is new, what's new is old, and we can find really interesting, innovative, modern ways to reshape um uh you know our, our past our past experiences and in and in, in, in this case modernizing road trips i love to see what uh what what comes from that i also think we've got more options in terms of food on the road i like somewhat healthier options in terms of fast food fast food restaurants themselves have healthier options like when i was a kid mcdonald's didn't sell salads for example so I think you're here because God knows going across the country and nothing but McDonald's for three, four days. Nobody can survive that. But I want what do you I want to get your opinion on autonomous driving because you brought up a great point earlier about trains. One of the things the great thing about traveling by train is everyone, including the driver, can enjoy the scenery. Right. So if once we get into autonomous cars, self-driving Teslas, et cetera, does that mean it's like we all have our own little independent train that even the driver can also participate in enjoying the scenery and looking at the surroundings as they're driving? Is that going to increase or decrease the quote unquote road trip? Well, it might increase the road trip, but it's definitely going to decrease the sightseeing, right? Because <laughs> like, like it's something like sixty percent of people that turn on the autonomous button actually fall asleep. It's like it's like really, <laughs> oh oh thank not, God for that. Yeah. Not, I feel not, so much safer now. You told yeah. me that. Trust me, you're not you're not look, you're not turning on the autopilot and then looking out and watching uh, the leaves change. Right? You're, you're literally you're literally uh, reclining your seat, putting up your 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 feet on the dashboard and taking a, and taking a <laughs> taking a nap. But I think that the, the the net net of that, I think the the overall impact is is that people are 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 putting on autopilot, in my opinion, because they want to do something else other than driving, right? And whether or not that's look in the window, read a book, watch a movie, um, FaceTime friends, or whatever it may be, it's like 
driving is not it's something that they'd rather not be doing which, which in a way is the, the definition of autopilot right it's like it was the whole concept and inv- invention of it is so people can 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 uh can you know can can drive without driving and in some ways you know i think you we would normally have thought it would be safer to you know as a way to cut down on on accidents on the road but that's not necessarily the case I, i'm but, literally afraid to get into my car now <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not about you, it's about the other guy, right? It's always about the other, it's about the other person that you're most afraid of, particularly when you're on the road. I mean, you have these like, these, um, these speeding bullets. I mean, it's like, just to think about being on the road with, with individuals who uh, have taken a, all they have between an accident, you know, crashing into you is a driver's test that they took when they were 16 years old. That being said, I think, uh, you know, more people driving would be good. More people on the roads perhaps would be good. Um, but, I, you know, it, it, the future doesn't necessarily indicate there's going to be more personal vehicles. I just don't see that happening just because of the way the world is working. But uh, it would be great. And I think more cities, more neighborhoods and communities can benefit from people crossing uh, Main Street and, and shopping local and, 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 meeting, and meeting people. There's no doubt that I think if everybody had a chance to see this whole country in all the different places, it would it would bring us closer together. It would be make your life richer. I mean, I, I I've eaten alligator in New Orleans. You know, <laughs> I, I, I I mean, I've 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 hung out listening to rap music with Brooklyn it, Brooklyn so, artists. I mean, these. So are, let me let me let me ask you a question. Is without was it taste like chicken? <laughs> everything tastes like chicken <laughs> the only thing that doesn't taste like chicken is chicken <laughs> i've gone from place to place but when i was a kid we used to love to be in the car and as you get older i think the car becomes a hindrance almost it's something you have to get into it's something you have to use you know i, I lived a lot in new york city and so in new york city it's a walking city you don't even you don't even need a car you know so you, you kind of almost forget about car culture but uh, now that I'm in a city where you drive, now that I'm in a car that is more enjoyable to drive after so many years of being having a, a stick, which was also a lot of fun, but a different type of driving. Now that it's more of a cruising, I, it allows me more to enjoy everything around me. And I, I think I think we miss some of that when we air travel. What do we think about, what do you think about social media Right. I mean, I think social media in some cases has helped and hurt a lot of places. In some cases, right, people just don't go because they, they can see it on, on the Internet. But also people want to take selfies of, pla- of them in places. So I think in a lot of ways social media might have helped and improved um, the need for us to go see stuff because then we can just take a photo of us there. And road tripping perhaps is unlocking a part of America that perhaps is new, right? I mean, I mean, how many photo ops do people get sitting in front of the World Trade Center or the Oculus or whatever in New York City and various different places in different very popular spots? Um, probably we're exhausted, probably burnt out all that stuff, but I'm sure there's probably really good new photo uh, opportunities in some of the smaller, lesser-known places that you only can get to by car. Yeah, like at the end of Rain Man, where they're running the credits, you see the pictures that <laughs> Dustin Hoffman actually took right, with his right, camera right, in right. the story along his road trip with his with his brother. And um, I think we had a travel agent on. 
who also mentioned that social media had helped her business because she could post places that people wanted to visit and get to know. So I think net net more information about the world opens up the world, makes it smaller, makes it more accessible. And if we can get people to, uh, to, to want to see new places, want to experience new cultures, want to meet new people. I think that's a good thing for travel in general. And hopefully, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And with that, in summary, road tripping is not only the best part of our past, but in fact, the most interesting part of our future. So I love this conversation, Jamin. It was really fun. I tell you, it makes me want to get in the car and go for a drive right now, which is probably what I'm going to do. So thank you all for listening in. Drive carefully and join us for the next show. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week.